0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Welcome everybody, welcome all our Torah Anytime viewers. Tonight's class is sponsored in memory of Lazik Gavrilov. Okay, so we are continuing our topic, our series in proving the divinity of the Torah. And tonight's uh, the big night. Tonight's, uh, you know, it's actually one of the big nights. Um, Up to this point we have proven that there must be a creator... We have also proven that there must be a need for a religion. And we have disproven all the other religions, cults, and other gatherings of people that believe certain beliefs. Now, um, I continuously get, a, I don't know what they say, hate responses, um, hate, whatever, on, on those classes I did uh, on, on the other religions. So let me make it very, very simple, very clear at what was the purpose of those classes, what is the purpose of disproving other religions, why do I have to go, and again, I'm not starting up, I'm not interested in converting the entire world to Judaism, we're not looking, in fact, anybody knows anything about Judaism, we're not going, we're not looking to go get other people, we're not standing at the corners, handing out flyers, you know, pretending to be, you know, Christians, be like, hey, maybe I'll try the shul this time, we're trying to be Jews, good Jews, Everybody else, all they need to do is just be good in all heights. That's all that they need. There's no need for them to come into the Jewish nation if they want. They're more than welcome. They, it's, a, it's a difficult process. It's a long process, but it's, uh, the doors are not closed. But the purpose, the purpose, and this is very important, the purpose of going um, and and discussing all the other religions is to show that one sticks out very, very obviously than everybody else. Not just like a little bit different. Not just slightly different but very, very, very obvious is completely different, which shows you the, the validity of what we're going to discuss. Now, I've also gotten many responses that I don't know what I'm talking about other religions, and I don't know anything that I... So, when I get these, I am more than welcome to say, please tell me where I was wrong. And of course, yet as of Today, I have yet to receive one response back to that. In fact, how do I know that... And again, it's possible I may have said one or two things wrong. I, you know, I'm not an expert on all the other religions. I don't do, uh, you know, teach comparative religions. That's not my, uh, you know, that's not my uh, um, focus. But I did consult with many people in those religions when I went to discuss their religions. And not only did I discuss it, I did extensive research on it. These people, and these are the people generally that they claim you're wrong. You know what you're talking about, but then nothing follows up with it. So show me where I'm wrong. Show me if I'm, if I'm incorrect. And again, I said it before, I say it again. I'll gladly say it on camera. I don't care about the camera. I don't care about the online. I will say it, no problem. I was wrong. This was correct. This was not. But until people can prove to me that of any, any any other religion has a possibility, a slight possibility of being even divine compared to what we're going to be discussing today, there's nothing to even talk about. And I'll let each of you and whoever in the, in the virtual world, you know, decide on, on their own. So, tonight, the, the way that we're going to prove Judaism is not going to be a one-class thing. We're actually going to, be, we're actually going to go into it in tremendous depth. But today is going to be a very, very, very strong foundation. Now, we're going to discuss today Hav Sinai, Mount Sinai, the giving of the Torah. Now, we're a little bit late after the holiday, but... The, um, it's still a Torah and it's still extremely, extremely important No matter what time of the year that you do this The foundation of the Torah The Torah itself was given to, to the Jewish people By God on Harsinai Now, the first thing we have to discuss is How long are we talking about over here? We're talking about 32 to 3300 years ago So you're talking about a, quite a long time ago But how long if we go and break it up into generations If we take it and we assume let's say, If we if we'd say every generation is roughly around 40 years Right? You can meet people that are, that are, you know, in the 40 years older than you, and, and the, the transmission of data is very, very likely and very conservative at 40 years. If you take 40 years, so if you take 3200 divided by 40, you get to 80 generations. You know what? 80 generations, that's nothing. It's like your grandfather's 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 grandfather. In fact, I should have brought out, I have to bring a printout on how we have, we have a direct, you know, rabbi to, ta- to student, you know, lineage from Moses until today we have from a bunch of different sources Um, so you're talking about 80 generations so you're not that far removed from past especially when you're dealing with transmission of of rabbi uh, to student so what is the claim? what is the claim of the Jewish people? the Jewish people claim that you're talking about roughly about 3 million people heard God on Mount Sinai they, not only, this is not only the Mount Sinai, you're talking about the same people that experienced the exodus, experienced the ten plagues, experienced the splitting of the sea, experienced the mud you're talking about a tremendous, so even if you were to say some psychedelic drug experience you can be talking about a whole lifespan of psychedelic drug experience if it is, then how can we don't have it on the market today it must be that it doesn't exist, because I know a lot of drug dealers, um I shouldn't say that on camera, right no, okay, uh, I know a lot of drug addicts, um it's really what I meant to say. was really. I know a lot of drug addicts. I know a lot of ex-dealers. The truth is, I do know. I don't know. I don't know current uh, drug dealers. So for the, all the you know, federal beret of investigation, whoever's listening to me at this point in time, um, I don't know any active drug dealers. Uh, but I've known people that done chuba. I've known people that unfortunately sat in prison for it. Um, but which, completely as a side note one of the worst things that you could do. One of the worst things that you could do is distribute drugs to, to people, especially kids. Especially not. This is murder. This is your, you're, you're distributing something that people could overdose, people can die. It's really not a laughing matter, it's a serious matter. <laughs> uh, this, uh, this is going to be a completely different topic. if We're, if we're not even going to get into, if, we, if we're going to start speaking not about topic. drugs, we're not even going to get close to um, House tonight So, no, but but all, all seriousness, it's a very, very serious uh, you know, consideration. No joking aside, uh, anybody that knows anybody that's involved in these should definitely seek help and uh, should definitely get some guidance in it. But anyways, the idea is very, very unlikely that it is a drug-induced experience because look at how much things happen. And we'll discuss that that as well. When God spoke to us on Mount Sinai, we look at Devarim, Deuteronomy, chapter 4, verse 9. It says, It says, <laughs> which means a translation, but beware and watch yourself very well, lest you forget the things that your eyes saw, which means is that you saw it with your own eyes, not someone told you, not someone experienced, but you yourself stood there and, and saw it. Now, that is a, a very, very big deal. What The big deal that we're dealing with over here is we're talking about three million eyewitnesses. Now, what, what do you mean by eyewitnesses? First of all, how does, generally, how, do, how are nations created, how are nations born? You have, you know, people that are sitting in the same geographical area. They're speaking the same common language. They have the same culture. They share the same historical experience. And over time, Mazatov America. Mazatov French. You like wine and cheese. That's very smelly. Congratulations. You are what you are because of the situation that you are When did the Jewish people become a nation? Not before we had a land, It was on Hal Sinai, on Mount Sinai, when we experienced God in front of 3 million people, that's when we said, nah, seven ishma, we will do it, we will listen, all of a sudden we became a nation. We, we became a nation very different than, 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 I would say, almost every single other nation um, in the world. Now, when you're dealing with eyewitnesses, uh, there's you think about stories. There's two types of stories. There's a verified story, and there's an unverified story. So a verified story would be, translate into a historical fact. An unverified story could be, uh, you know, described as a legend. I'll give you an example. Say someone comes and tells you that there was a Scottish warrior 300 years ago who drank a bottle of 30-year-old scotch in one gulp, and after that he took out his sword, he fought 10 lions, 1 gorilla, 100 warriors, all wearing a kilt while playing the bagpipes of the Scottish national anthem. Do you believe it? So then the first question I'll ask, is there any witnesses? no matter how crazy it is, say there's no witnesses. So, no, I wouldn't really believe that. Uh, would you say, let's say, if there's a few witnesses? Still, I wouldn't really, uh, wouldn't really uh, believe it. This is classified as a legend. Something that, something that happened that there's no witnesses, regardless, and, and hear me out, regardless of how extreme the scenario is. And let's use the same scenario. Say, uh, no, let's, let's remove some of the, of the details. You have a Scottish warrior. He's in the kilt. He just, let's take away the bagpipes for a second so he's able to fight. He has, um, he fights in a gladiator, whatever you call those, cage tanks, whatever, I don't know, arenas, arenas, thank you. And he fights off a 100 warriors, 10 lions, and a gorilla in front of 4,000 people, and it's documented in history. Would you believe it then? Then I would say, yeah. Then I would say, I would believe it. I mean... It's pretty hard to believe because it's an extreme experience, but if you have 4,000 people saw it and all documented, I'm not talking, I'm talking about like a more recent type of a documentation, not something, you know, carved in stone by pictures, you know, and it be like, we kind of figure out what's going on over here. But I'm talking about if you have something like that, then you would want to go and you, you would believe it. Now, look, let's look at the perspective from God. God is going, he's bringing down a religion into the world. He wants to create a religion. He wants to put it for all mankind. What would be the most logical way to do it? To go to one guy and be like, hey, listen, come here. I'll tell you a secret. You're going to be the new prophet and everything else, and you go on and continue with the whole religion like that. That's one option. Another option is, no, let everybody know about it. Let's call millions of people together, let's announce it to everybody, and let's make it happen. Now, logic dictates, God who could do anything, would want to make something that is very believable, not something that you could question, not something that you don't know. If it's something that needs to be done, then make sure that it's very obvious what needs to get done. Which brings us to, you know, to, to where and how we describe all the other religions and, and cults. If you look at every single one, every single one with, without fail, especially the big ones that we've we discussed, you look at Buddhis, Buddhism. So you had one guy, the prince, Siddhartha Gautama, he went and he was in solitude and he, really, he got to the highest level uh, and he became a Buddha all by himself and then he came and taught the world. Then you have you know, the Islam religion. So you have Muhammad, he was a prophet, he spoke to Angel Gabriel, and they discuss the entire, you know, Quran, And that's it. Here's a new religion. You have Christians. So you have Jesus came over. And then you want to put in Paul also. It doesn't matter. You put in over there, there also. They came and they discussed it. One person, two people. Joseph Smith with the Mormon church. Uh, Guru Nanak with Sikhism. Ta- and then you have even religion. Taoism, um, Hinduism, without any founders. Without any, any information. Which means that they don't even claim divinity. They don't even claim that God gave them the information. They just claim they just figured it out by themselves. Confucianism, a way of life. The Chinese folk, uh, you know, religions. All, nothing that of ups- substance that actually claims that it comes from God. Now, if God would want to create a religion, or religions, say gods even, you want to put Hinduism in there, wouldn't it make sense that it would make it very obvious for everybody to know? So shouldn't it be at some point in time, there would have been some sort of, of very, very obvious way to know that this is the right religion? This is the right one, not one person, not, you know, some people. And in fact... The only time that it happened in history was by the Jewish people of the Harsinite. Now, if you want to claim that it was fake, it was forged, it was made up, how come we don't have any more parallel stories to it? How come we don't have any more stories like it? Now, what not the Christians wouldn't they gain so much by saying, listen, you guys had a national relation, that's amazing, but us in Rome, you know, by the Vatican, one time the Pope came out, he was floating, and he was wearing his robe and dress, and he came out, and he was there, and he was announcing to everybody, and all of a sudden, God came, and we all heard God speak. And God said, you know, this is the right religion, and this is what you need to do. That would have been been a very good claim for them to do. You want to, let's put it Thousand people in the, in the forest, in the desert It doesn't matter why, do we ha- why don't we have another claim of national revelation? It would make so much sense to every other religion Imagine if Islam could come and say Muhammad and you know, all you know, his followers All experienced God All experienced, all spoke to God All had it, and thousands of people Very, very obvious The idea is like this If it was made up, how come it was never made up again? If you make up something, it should be made up again. uh, The the likelihood and the probability of it happening again, because we know history repeats itself. If it was done before, it should happen again. Now, you don't have that. What do you have? You have one or two people coming to you and telling you, this is the religion. This is what we have to do, and this is the new religion. Everything else is wrong. That is a very easy claim, because first of all, it's unverifiable. I don't know, maybe yeah, maybe not. How do I know anything? So it's unverifiable, and even if you want to claim miracles... We spoke about this numerous times. Miracles don't mean anything. We had Elisha that, you know, poured oil from one little jar to many jars. We had Elisha that revived the dead. We didn't call him God. We had Eliyahu that went into heaven just like they claimed JC. We didn't call him God. We had Moses that went and gave man for years, years, years in the desert. Never called him God. Jesus does a few miracles It is All of a sudden things change Miracles don't prove anything and in fact Maimonides he's right In the foundations of the Torah Says that the Jewish people Did not believe in Moses Because of miracles Rather what did they believe in? The re- because of the revelation on Sinai Which we saw with our own eyes What could be a bigger proof Than you were there You heard it You saw it Can you beat that? then how can anybody claim that, there's, this is, that this is incorrect? And then we're going to go through many, many different scenarios, and this is the idea of the class. We're going to try to prove that if this is wrong. And if we cannot prove any, that this is wrong, then we're left with one last standing chance that this is obviously true. And this is obviously true, this is how we're going to build a foundation on, on Judaism being the correct uh, religion. Now... When speaking about national uh, revelation, there are some people that they'll say, uh, if somebody goes and studies real history, like, like, you know, like going into the depths, so they'll say, well, there is, let's say, a group of people that they had a national revelation. Um, it's some Abu Dhabi cult, so I don't want to say the name because I don't have to say the name. But let's say there's some group that had a national revelation of many, many people. You study that a little bit, what does it turn out to? Turns out that they all heard God speak, but then they all died, and all that information was, was, was transmitted to a, from God to another prophet. So it's not saying that they had a national revelation and they lived. You're saying they had a national revelation, they died. You can't test it. You can't figure it out. Even if you want to go to the Aztecs, which I don't want to get into, uh, which claim also some sort of national revelation, if you actually study it, it's actually that the priests had a national revelation and then they described it to the actual people. So if you look at history, you don't have a parallel story of a national revelation, especially to the extent that we have here. Three million people standing in front of God, in front of God, and very, very obvious, a transmission of the Torah happening. So, the point to consider additionally is that not only do we accept this as true, but the majority of the world also accept this the Harsinai revelation. For example, Christians also claim that this happened on Harsinai. Um, Islam also to a certain extent also um, you know, claims that this actually happened, the Jews got the Torah on Har Sinai now this makes, if they agree to this claim, this makes their claim very very weak, so this is the scenario and, and stay with me for a second, so God came to the Jewish people and in front of three million people, gave them the Torah, agreed? agreed, then however at some point later in time, God came over to one person and said, all that was wrong, uh, it's finished off let's do a new thing only to one person? God has a track record. And that track record is to do it in front of millions of people. If God would be changing everything, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be even more important to do it in front of everybody? It should be even more important to do it in front of everybody. But yet what? One person. Two people. You have Islam. You have Muhammad. You have Christianity. You have Jesus. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. If you're claiming that Judaism was was correct in the first national revelation then how come that God didn't do it the same way for the second people, for the second time, for the second coming, for whatever you want to call it? This makes it a very, very, um, you know, big problem. The idea of denying the national revelation, the Har Sinai revelation, is, is very interesting when you think about it, that how come no one ever denied it in those times? Which means is, how come you didn't have a splinter group from the Jewish people? We always have, you know, people that break off to other groups, right? This is very, very common. So, you, why didn't you have a splinter group that say, no, we never heard God speak on Harsinai. We never, you know, went to the Exodus. We never did these things. You have nothing. We have, you know, our, you know, history, we had sinners. We had sinners. We had people that went out. We had people that claim against the rabbis. But nowhere in history has everyone, anyone in Jewish history ever claimed that... God didn't give the Jewish people the, the Torah. And also other religions. They didn't claim it. When was the most recent starting of the claim that there that wasn't a national revelation? 200 years ago when reform comes. Reform comes and all of a sudden they have the right uh, information. And we got it wrong for 3,000 years. And here's the, here's the correct one. But yet for 3,000 years, not one. Jews claimed, and, and Jews argued, Jews would have a reason not to want to believe in that. The religion is not a simple religion. You have to do it's, it's. It's cumbersome. It's expensive. You have stuff that you need to do. We would have a reason not to want to do it. We would have a reason if this would not have happened. Who in the right mind would sign on to this thing? Furthermore, and this is something that I tell you know people that let's say uh, you know I speak to them and um, they are religious. These are the people that I speak to that are religious, and they decide that they don't want to become religious anymore. So these people, I say, listen. Your grandparents were religious. Very obvious. Yes, your great grandparents were great you figured it all out. You're smarter than all of them. You realize that they are not religious. You realize that. And I've had people... And, and every time, whenever I speak logically to these people, they're not interested. Because logically they know that I'm right. Logically they know that the Torah is right. You can't... That's why they make up excuses. They make up things that, no, it doesn't exist, doesn't exist. When a push comes to shove, I've never had someone that come and go and be able to convince that, that it's incorrect. It's so straightforward. It's so clear. And it's so obvious. <laughs> the only reason why people... Would say that it's not correct is they want a way out. They don't want. They're not searching for the truth. They want a way out. They're not interested in it. So, let's go and we'll try to this, try to go and. Every single angle, we'll try to to, to say maybe it was made up this way. Maybe, the, maybe it maybe was made up this way. We're gonna st- we're gonna stay today tonight focus solely on the on Har Sinai. This is extremely extremely important. If you want to look at more information on this, there's two great people, authors and speakers, that wrote extensively about this and spoke extensively about this. Is Rabbi David Gottlieb and Rabbi Lawrence Kellerman. So. So. We're gonna look at two options over here. Number one. The Torah is true. If the Torah is true, that's option number one. Number two it was false it, w- it was made up. Now if it was made up we have to figure out by whom and when. If we could pinpoint a, a, a place in time that it was made up, then we have the, then we could say to the critics you know what you're right Maybe there is a way that we made it up. maybe we're so good. Maybe we're so able, we're so gullible. I don't know whatever it is then maybe we're able to, to to somehow make it up. So let's look at four possible options. number one and we'll go through each option. number one, Moshe went and made it up and sold it to the Jewish people. That's number one. Number two, it was made up much later in history. This is a password, which means this, it was made up much later in history. And they say, hey, listen, your ancestors really heard this and this and this and this. And this is what happened. Number three, it's in the future. It wasn't even in the past. It was like they were told, like, in your future, your children will hear God speak on night. Or number four, it grew over time. The story evolved. And it became something else that it was. It has to be any of these four criteria. It cannot be anyone, anything else. Okay. You with me so far? Okay. Some people. All right. So, this should be exciting. This is this is like this is Har Sinai revelation, you know, like I'm a, you know. This. Okay. Let's first discuss the past. Stay with me on the past. The past. This by the way, this is very very important for every single Jew to know. You have to know how true and how valid our Torah is. How much better do you do something when you know for certain, without a doubt, that it's 100% true? When you're not sure about something, you do it halfway. But if you're certain about something, then you're able to do it. I'll give you an example. Say somebody wants to sell, I don't know, this used to be a thing back then, like, you know, the CI berry. You know, they they would, you know, it's called the permit scheme. You know, you buy, like, a box for, like, $120. You eat it and you live forever or something like that, right? So, what is that? Goji water? No, no, Is the same idea, Goji water. Right. So okay. So right. So you know, a priest blessed it or whatever it was. Um, you know, it came from the angels. You know, you know, it, whatever it was. They're coming. In, they're, you're going and you're selling this product, whatever the product is. If you want to sell this product, you have to really believe in it. Just look at any Israeli salesman in the malls for old, uh, for the for the old uh, what's it called for the Dead Sea products, right? They would swear by it on their mother's grave that this is going to make you look a thousand years younger, and if not for this, you're going to be ugly, right? They will do that. Excuse me, excuse me. Come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. You're very ugly. You know that you're very ugly. You're very ugly. Don't worry, don't worry. I have a product here for you. Gonna make you a model, super model, not regular model, super model. You take this. You put this on three times and they Come, let me show you. Give me your hand. You know, and they start putting it over here. They're talking it. They're not gonna say maybe this will help you. Maybe this is not. What? <laughs> you see? They they're, they're gonna be like they're, they're not gonna come, they're not gonna come and say hey listen. Um, I think this is good, sometimes uh, works, sometimes work, sometime no work, uh, you try it, uh, you know. It's not, that's not a sales, uh, you know, if you believe in something, you're able to do it. Imagine what difference your observance of the Torah is going to be when you believe that it's 100% true, or when you're like, yeah, maybe, maybe not, you have some doubts. So this is extremely, extremely important. Hopefully that woke you up, now you can be able to concentrate and focus and stay with me. Okay, so, let's start with number one, the past the past is a very easy one to say that maybe this was how it made up the past would go something like this um, the, somebody comes over to, to a group of people and say hey listen your ancestors a long long time ago they stood in Har Sinai, millions of them and they heard God speak to them do you believe me? I'd be like, I have a few questions. Number one is, how come I never heard about this before? How can you sell something so strong, so big that if I've never heard about it before, the, the, you would expect some documentation, some information to, to spill out, to say something that came from nothing? All of a sudden, this information—it's a very big problem. Think of this example, right? We're in New York. Imagine you are—you know—some of you guys are like real New Yorkers, you know, like great-great grandparents already in New York, and you know New York history, like you're very you're a New York history buff. Imagine I come and tell you. 150 years ago, it was a huge tsunami, and it covered the entire Manhattan for 25 years. Manhattan disappeared. Then, whatever happened, the water sank down, and then we built up again. Would anybody here believe me? Why not? Because you exactly. Because you would have heard of something like that. That's a huge information. So, if I'm coming to you and I'm telling you your ancestors heard about, you know, uh, you know, did this and this and this happen at this and this time, if it's not true then I would have a very, very big problem believing it because I would have heard something about it. It's very hard to tell somebody that such a huge event happened to their ancestors if it didn't happen. You think about like, big historical events like the Black Plague, where it killed 30 to 60% of the Europe, Europe population. You're talking about between, what was it, 80 to 200 million people died from this? If somebody comes and says you know, that never happened, like, I'm, I'm not going to believe you. I know history. In history, it happened. You go and somebody, you know the Crusades happened. You know the Holocaust happened. You know all these things happened. Why? Because it's very obvious from history. You cannot go and start convincing people um, of a new change in history completely radical to what we've been believing until now. So, which, which again, we'll keep this on the side so maybe it happened over time. And this is the idea that maybe we'll speak later. The, but, but if you think about it, what would be the possibility, the probability of 3 million people hearing God from Har Getting the Torah, completely forgetting about it, only to be reminded later again in, in you know, at a later point in time. Very unlikely and very improbable. The, and, and furthermore, that you're not talking about isolated incidents. You're talking about life-changing events. The month for 40 years. In fact, the Torah says in Shemos, in Exodus chapter 16, verse 33, take one jug of the month, preserve it for generations. Generations saw the month. They had the month. You know, we, we had a jar of it. This is not something that was just historical. We had evidence for it for, you know, for a tremendous period of time. The, imagine if you have the chutzpah, the gullibility, the imagination to produce such an information. May, somebody would have to be so gullible and have such imagination to believe that their ancestors had such a, such a transformation of an event happen in their time. Now, chutzpah, I'll give that, some Jews got that. Imagination, Hollywood, definitely got that. Gullibility is one thing we don't got. We don't, we're not gullible. We're not, try selling anything to Jews, right? They're going to ask you a thousand questions, and then they're going to bargain you down, then they're going to negotiate, then they gonna tell you, I don't know if we need it, you know, fine, then we'll, you know, we'll end up buying it wholesale somehow, you know, we'll figure something, you know, we're not gullible people, we're not coming out there, you know, for for, it, it, we're not an easy sell, is what I'm trying to say. So, the... Problem number two. That's problem number one. Problem number we have is how come we don't have any record of, of this forgetting event. Number two is who is this magic man who came back and reminded everybody about this event? What not we have that piece of information? Wouldn't we have this, this, you know, this idea of information? You had a group of people just like oblivious to... The, and then all of a sudden one hero came in and says, Hey, you guys are Jews. You know that? You guys are Jews. Yeah, yeah. You guys forgot about it. Don't worry about it. I got everything. And I, I'm a god or whatever. I spoke for, for prophet, whatever you know, thing that you want to you use. And then all of a sudden give the Torah you know, the way that it's presented now. If that would happen, we would have that person in history. We have, we have such meticulous uh, details in history. For example, we know that Moses brought down the Torah. We know that Joshua, Yeshua brought the Jews in the land of Israel. We know David killed Goliath. We know Solomon in the Middle top, Temple. We know Ezra brought the Jews back to Israel after the Babylonian exile. We know Rabbi Hudanasi went and, and put together the Mishnah. We know Ravina Ravashi compiled the Talmud. We know Mahmoud Maimonides and Nachmanides, I just combined them, that's not... Maimonides and Nachmanides, we have Rabbi Yosef, we have the Arizal, we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these amazing rabbis and what they did and what their work. But yet we don't have anything that says that somebody forgot the Torah and one guy came and came back, or a group of people came back. If we don't have that, that must be that this, even if you want to say it didn't ha- it, this is not a, a liable you know, solution it's very unlikely that this solution happened. It's very unlikely that Jewish people forgot it, and somebody came back and reminded it. The, let's go on to the next one. The next one is a very easy one to refute, the future. So we just spoke about the past. What about the future? Which means that the future is, your descendants are going to go hear God speak in Harsinai. And then the story evolved as it came. This, the reason why this is so easy is be, to refute is because there is no reason to believe this idea at all. Nowhere in the scriptures, nowhere in history, does it ever say that your children are going to hear it. It always speaks about either you or your ancestors. Never wants it to speak about it. And in fact, everybody, including the reform, doesn't claim this claim, that it happened in the future. So there's no even reason to even, well, we're just, you know, giving it some light of day, but there's no reason even to to stay on it because there is no viable option that this would actually, uh, that this is actually a a, a possibility. Let's Let's speak about this. This is one of my favorite ones. The present one. The present one means that Moses came down from the mountain and says, "You guys just heard me, God speak, right?" I'll tell you later. Um, And he goes and he sells the entire religion that way. The problem is that there are numerous, numerous verses in the Torah. And let's start with this: Devarim, chapter five, verse three. God did not make this this covenant with our forefathers, but rather He did it with us. He did it with us, which means is that it says in the Torah, you. You are involved in it. God spoke to you face to face. Not like some through a dream. Face to face everybody here. Now, can you make that up? Now let, let me let's let's just stop there for a second and see can, is this a possibility that this could be made up? So let's go through a few scenarios. Imagine I come to you guys and I say, Listen, God came to me. I'm a prophet, and this is the Torah, and this is what this is the new laws, and this is what it has to be. Did it happen? Very unlikely. I mean maybe, you don't know. Maybe, maybe it happened, you don't know. Would you put money down that this happened? Right? When Jews, we speak about money. Right? Would you put money down that this happened? No. I mean anybody that would be smart would say no. What about that scenario number one? What's about scenario number two? Scenario number two is I come to you guys and I say, Listen, I have a group of my strong followers, my strong devotees, my strong students, and they come and we all say we all heard God speaking to me, and God said this, and this is the Torah, and this is the thing. Now, is that more believable? it's a little bit more believable, what about if I tell you go interrogate all my students, go interrogate everybody that witnessed it, that makes it even more believable let's say you interrogate and everything checks out, would you still put money down in it I don't know, I mean we could, we could you know collect together all the information we could, you know, we could study and practice it, does it mean for sure that it's true, uh, you know, it's more likely but it's not, not necessarily let's say I give you scenario number three, scenario number three is we're all sitting in this room two hours ago, imagine we're here two hours ago and we're all sitting in this room, the ceiling opened, we all levitated above ground, light came down from heaven, just on me, sorry guys uh, light came out of heaven and said and spoke and you all heard, this is going to be the prophet, this is going to be this and this and all that say that you were there and you observed everything, and let's also say there was no drugs involved somehow, right, we can say there's no psychedelic drugs, everybody went to the same thing would you then believe that had that happen? you were there, you are eyewitnesses, you saw it assuming you could take a you would believe it Okay, Those are the three options. The most believable is the ones that you're in there. Now let's say I made up all of it. Every single one. From scenario one, two, and three, I made it up. So let's go through each scenario. Scenario one, if I made it up that I spoke to God by myself, no one else heard me, you can't really tell the difference, it didn't make a difference if I made it up, or if I didn't make it up, you don't really know the difference. Scenario number two, I made it up with some followers, with some witnesses. So that makes it a little bit stronger, but again... You you never you were never sold in it. But let's look at the third scenario. The third scenario: Imagine I came and I just told you the same scenario. We were here two hours ago. The sky, the ceiling opened up. We all loved it. The light came down, and you are all here, but that never happened. And I say, "Right, it happened." Would anybody here believe me? If you would, I want to do business with you. And i was kidding. Chassad so sure. nobody in the right mind would believe me. Be like, "No, we were there. Why would we ever? Of course, we didn't do it." Which means is, is if I am making something up, the last thing that I would want to do is I would want to include you. If I'm selling a lie, I would not want to include anybody else. I want to leave it by myself, like all other religions in it. It was just me, you know, and my followers, or my friend. We heard God. We were circle by light. Angels came down. It was awesome. You missed it. Should have been there, type of thing, right? But when you're trying to sell something and you're telling them that you are there, who would be a fool enough to say that if that wasn't true? So... The Torah, if it was a hoax, if it was a fake, it was the most amazing, most brilliant hoax in history and that nobody could ever do it. In fact, it's so brilliant that no it, like, no, mag- no magician can even think of a possibility of it, which makes it more likely to be true than, than, uh, than not. Now, let's say, let's say it was somehow Moses was, we're going to keep on uh, you know, going with this. Let's say somehow Moses was able to go and fake everybody. It's all fake and it's not true. The last thing that you would want to do, you make up this law, you sold it. The last thing you want to do is dwell upon it, right? Like, you know, don't ask too many questions. Let's move on. You know, I'll show you some other things. Circumcision is going to be great. You're going to love it. You know, we'll show some other things. We're not going to dwell on it. Look at what the Torah says after, after like, an Hasina. Why would it mention sometimes? Look at how many times it mentions it. In Exodus, chapters 19, 20, 24, 34. Devarim, Deuteronomy, chapter 4. 5, 9, 10, and 18. So far, nine times. And you have also, in chapter 4, which we quoted earlier, chapter 4, verse 9, it says, that you saw. Like, not only are we claiming this, like, lie that happened, but we're also stating it, like, hey, remember, you saw it. Like, don't forget it, you saw it. You have to tell your children, you saw it. Be like, hey... You know, the only way that you would keep on doing that is if I would actually feel very confident that I actually saw something like that. I would not keep on telling you, hey, you guys saw the ceiling split open. You remember? You remember you saw? They're like, no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure you tell your children. Make sure... And I would mention again and again, no, that's a very obvious lie that it would be like, okay, I get the... It's, it's obviously not true. The, the idea also is that you don't have... In the entire story of the Torah, um, the Torah doesn't hide any information. If it's a problem, it would tell you the way that it is. It wouldn't hide any information. Never anywhere in the Torah does it say that a a group of people did not believe. Even Korach, even if you go and study Korach, it doesn't say that they didn't believe that Moshe got the Torah. It didn't believe that. They say, you know, maybe this this should have been done a little bit differently, but it doesn't doubt any of the information, which means is that you have a story that's very, very highly unlikely and improbable to sell, that three million people believed it and didn't doubt it. Now, what would be your first gut reaction? It's true. What would be the reason not to? Now, not only that, we also have holidays based off this. If we didn't dwell on it enough in all the verses, we're like, no, now remember it every single year at different times of the year. For example, when you ask somebody, you know, I, I've had this conversation with people, um, eh, I don't know, God, you know, the, the Torah, it's made up. I say, okay, listen, let's see, speak about the Passover Seder. When was the last Passover? When was, did you have a Passover Seder this year? Let's say that last year, did they have a Passover Seder? It says, yeah. Ten years ago, did they have a Passover Seder? Yeah. A hundred years ago, did they have it? Yeah. A thousand years ago, did they have it? Yeah. When was the first Passover Seder? So they're like, uh, well, you know, uh, you know I, I don't know. I'm like, of course you don't know. The first Passover Seder was actually, surprisingly, people don't even realize this, it was while we were still in Egypt. We still we had the Kabbalah Pesach while we were still in Egypt. We had the first Passover Seder, it already started right in the beginning. And then it continued and it continued and it continued and it continued. It was year after year, non-stop. How can you claim that something like this was made up? Like, not only did we experience it, not only do we say that you have to remember it every single time, but every single year we commemorate it. We commemorate it. So imagine, how is that, you know, imagine the sell, how hard it is. I mean, I know Jewish people are good salesmen. I get it. You know, we could do a lot. But this, come on. you got to be really, really, uh, you know, when you're thinking of more likely and more probable, it's more likely and more probable that this happened that it did not. Let's take this a, a little a step further. And I'll uh, prove it to you with verses. The commandments that commemorate these events. Look at the slavery in Egypt. In Devarim, chapter 24, verse 19 through 22. In Shemot, chapter 13, verse 11 through 15. And Baika chapter 23, verse f- verse, uh, verse 40, 43. Additionally, this we have the, the no eating chametz. We have it also in Exodus chapter twenty-two, verse twenty. The volume chapter twenty-four, verse seventeen. Not only this, but every single year, the same laws, the same thing happened. And not only that, it, did, it says in the Torah, Israel Yisrael," in, by the eye in front of everybody. The man did not happen to a single group of people; happened to everybody. The Torah doesn't speak about that it happened to the ancestors, right? We know by Amalek, another another big uh, you know scenario. <speaking in Hebrew> Remember what God did to you again and again, numerous times, and I could go on and on on how many verses we have, that God said to you, 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 you saw it. You mentioned everything else. You don't make these things up. You cannot make these things up. It's impossible to make uh, these things up. In fact, a renowned scholar by the name of John Bright, he says like this, and I quote, The Bible's own witness is so impressive that it leaves no doubt that such a remarkable deliverance took place. If I cannot convince people, or if anybody cannot convince people, that Manhattan was underwater for 25 years, how are you going to convince people of a whole national revelation, and a whole religion, and and numerous other miracles, and whatever else that happened? Additionally, the first thing, the first thing, the number one rule, I teach you the number one rule, if you want to make up your own religion, um, I could direct you to a few people, right? I wouldn't. Uh, But number one, if you would want to make up your own religion, number one rule, don't make it too hard. You want to make it an easy sell. Why can't we eat meat and milk together? Does anybody know why? Why not? We can eat it separately. We eat it. But then it says in Shemot, chapter twenty-three verse nineteen, We're not supposed to eat meat and milk together. Why not? Shotness in Devarim, Deuteronomy chapter twenty two, verse eleven. Lotil yachdov. Why not? We could do them separately. Why can't we do them together? Right? Circumcision. Could you imagine the first sale of that? I wish I, you know, like you know, like how good of a salesman do you have to be to convince somebody that's not true, be like, okay, listen, guys huddle up. Don't worry about it. It's going to be good. It's going to be important. It's going to be like super holy. Listen, um, uh, you, you know the whole hard scene. I think I know you didn't buy that, but but hear me out. Hear me out. This is going. To, it's only going to get better. So listen, uh, we're we're just going to take a knife. We're going to make sure it's very sharp. Don't worry about it, right? And in a quick, swift downward motion, we are going to go, and uh, you know right away there's going to be a few hands raised up and be like. Listen, you know, we had a lot of drinking in the Seder night. You know, let's think about this in the morning. Maybe we're thinking about it in a clear head. Are you sure God told you this? Are you sure this happened? But yeah, you don't have people questioning circumcision. You know? Now, as a man, I would tell you, if somebody would come, take off the extra piece of your foreskin. Yeah, maybe God meant this right over here. You know? There's many other extra pieces, you know, we we could think about. You know? There's many, just like, you know, we... If it's not true, is it possible? Can you think about it? Like, it doesn't make sense. Let's look at also money, money things, right? Shemitah. Shemitah. What's Shemitah? Shemitah means that every seven years, this is in Vayikra chapter 25, you have to lie the fields unplowed. You don't touch the fields. And not only that, the Torah says that the land will provide enough for the sixth, the seventh, and the eighth. This is like sort of a, this is a prophecy, saying that the land is going to, you're not going to touch land, and for the next three years, don't worry about it, you're going to have enough food. Now, after the first cycle... If it didn't happen, wouldn't people be like, well, uh, you know, we just did it, and it didn't happen. You know, so how are we going to go explain that? But yeah, no, it happened, and again, and again, and again, and not only that, they kept on doing it. You look at Yovel. Yovel is seven cycles of Shemitah, so 49 years. 49 years, and the 50th year, we leave the the field blind with unplowed for two years. Two years, and and again, there's going to be enough food. Who in the right mind is making up a religion and selling it so complex with so many promises... And it, what happens if they don't deliver? Already, if they don't deliver, it should it, people already throw it out. Not only that, you go and you have to get make your dishes kosher, and you have to learn how to slaughter animals. If you don't slaughter it right, it's not good. Men in the spare time always have to be learning Torah. Who is going to join this group? Who will join this group? Definitely not the most stubborn people in the world, and that's the Jewish people. That's for sure not. They're not going to go and want to want to want to do that. Let's look at something called the sota water. Also another crazy idea by Midgar, chapter 5 verse 11 to 31 a woman commits adultery she's guilty the whole scenario we're not going to get into it. The process is she drinks a certain water if she's guilty she explodes I'm not that she explodes her body explodes you know explodes that, If not she's blessed with a you know with a, with a blessing after the first few times that people let's say would mess around and it didn't happen. Wouldn't people start asking questions? But yet we don't have that. We don't have any questions. Wouldn't if this would, we would have seen a splinter group, be like, hey, listen, I know this woman for for certain, you know, people are gonna be like, you know, whatever. Numerous women did this and it didn't happen. Must be that there's something not divine about this. Must be that it's not. No other religion claims things like this. No other religion claims such severe punishment that's observable to the naked eye. And yet we claimed it, and yet no one denied the Torah afterwards, which means is that it still stayed true and it still stayed standing. Not only that, let's look at Shabbat. Shabbat. Shemot. Exodus chapter 31, verse 13 through 18. It's a sign between me and you, God says. Listen to this verse in chapter 14. You should guard the Shabbat it's holy to you, mot Someone who desecrates it, death penalty. Is that how you sell a religion? You know, like, hey, listen, come to religion, you work on Sunday, you're going to die. It'd be like, who in the right mind would would sell such a religion does this religion even seem possible to be fake does it even seem which means is it's so it's so extreme in some in some ideas that the only way that it would be true is if it's true the only way that you could be able to sell something like this is only if it's true you add punishments to it look at any other religion right so again so you have islam if you're not going to be modest, going to have that they they're going to kill you or you know whatever they're going to do they're going to actually shoot you uh, you know uh, but the the there's no you look at the texts. You look at the texts. You look at the Quran. You look at the uh, the New Testament. Where in the New Testament does it say that if you don't keep Shabbat, you're going to die? It says that in the Old Testament, but how come it doesn't say in the New Testament? Why not? Why did God change His mind all of a sudden? Is it too hard to keep Shabbat? I don't know. I know plenty of people are keeping Shabbat, and it seems very easy and very enjoyable. So it can't be because it's too hard. So what all of a sudden changed? What all of a sudden? The answer is it's it's easier to say don't do it than to say do it. And if you're selling something that's true. You sell it the way that it is. Not that you rough around the edges and you change about it. This is the, this is the big issue nowadays when you have uh, you know, speakers and people that, that speak about the Torah. And they go and they circumvent and they go and they go around. Now, I understand and it's very important. When you speak about people, you have to speak about the love and the beauty of the Torah. And it's so important and I agree with it 100%. But people avoid punishments. And people avoid it. The Torah says it straight out. It doesn't say, say the punishment... Until 2018, the people are going to be super sensitive, there are going to be some, some super liberals out there, they're not going to be able to handle it, don't do it then. No, the Torah doesn't say that. We always say it the way that it is. You know why? Because this is the way that we have been giving the Torah. From day one, from day, from day one, literally from day one, the Torah is the way that it is. There's no such thing as political correctness, and oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you. No, the way that it is, is the way that it is. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. There's nothing that I could tell you otherwise. Now, every case by itself. And I do. There's some people that you can't tell them everything in one shot. Because you hear that, they'll jump off a roof. That's impossible. There's scenario by scenario, I understand. But overall, overall, it needs to be said. There's things that need to be said. You look at the Torah. What Torah says is from the beginning. You have these things. Modesty. You want to sell a religion to especially to women, you don't sell modesty. Modesty is very difficult. It's a very hard thing to do. Karbanot, very, very expensive. Tzitzit, filin, suka, pesach, nidah, All these things are very, very cumbersome. If you're making a fake religion, you don't do this. You don't do this. And if you did do it, it must mean that there is something true over here. There must be, mean that there's something more involved over here than just fake makeup or, or something something else. Let's review what we have so far and let's finish off with one final final idea which we did with uh, with the gradual response. If the Torah was made up, we could break this up into three, three pieces up till now. Past, present, and future. Past. Your ancestors came and spoke to you And they had this and this information I am bring, Or sometime in history Somebody came and brought the Jewish people to Torah Really hard thing that never happened The reason why that's a problem We have no documentation of this ever happening We have no documentation in history Not in our records Not in the current records, the old records That there was a A, uh, a gap in Information Yeah Okay, so let me explain it if, if you want to make something up, so there's a few ways to make something up. And that's what we're trying to discuss. The few ways that you can make this, this scenario up. We're talking solely on the Harsinai. Can it be made up? So there's three options. You made it up in the past. Now what does that mean? That's excellent that you said that, because now that I now that you're saying that, I may have not said it clearly. So thank you. So let's, let's explain this very clearly, because this is very, very important, and very, very simple also. In order to make something up, so historical fact. I'm making up an historical fact. When... If I made that up, we have to figure out when it was made up. So there's three options. It was made up right when it was told to people. That's the present. That's right in the beginning. Number two, it was made up a thousand years later. And it says this is what happened a thousand years ago. Or it was made up in the future, which means it didn't even happen yet. I'm going to tell you something that happens in the future. So that's the idea of past, present, or future. It can't be any other option if you, if you just break it up like that. So when we're taking the historical fact and we're plugging in that formula and we're using Harsini in that... So we're saying, let's look at about it, the past. The past is one of the strongest ones. Which means is, I tell you, a thousand years after Arsenei, this is what happened. Let's say Arsenei never happened. This is what happened a thousand years beforehand. Now, if that would be true, we would want to see some information on that. Like, you know, a guy came by the name of Prophet Brr. And this Prophet Brr, he came He was from an African tribe, right? So, um, and this, this uh, person, he came in, and he was, and he said, hey, listen, you guys forgot the Torah. This is what happened. We would have that information. Why? Because this would be the greatest person in history. Or well, let's say second to Moses. The guy who brought back the Torah. Can you believe it? Like the one who we forgot everything. We would have information on this. We would have some documentation. We don't. Which means is, it didn't happen. It's Or it's very unlikely that it would happen. It doesn't make any sense. That's the past. Let's think about the present. The present means is that I come and I sell you an historical fact that happened right now. Now again, that's very, very obviously difficult to do because I tell you, hey, you guys you know, saw me speak to God, which it didn't happen. Moses can't come and say, hey, you heard God speak, you heard this happen, and write it all up and present them the information if it didn't happen. Present is a very, very big problem. The future, which is, it's going to happen in the future, this is also very you know, impossible because nowhere does it say that it's going to happen in the future. No one claimed that it happened in the future, so there's no even reason to do that. Clear so far? Which means is, so far that we have until now, there is no reason to say ...that the Harsinai was made up. Which means is that it must have been a historical fact. Now let's go with one final option. This is I also uh, very much enjoy. Rabbi David Gottlieb did a great job... You know, ...and I'm going to use his, his uh, method... ...and how he uh, presented this information. Let's say made up gradually over time. Now that's a very, very good claim. Which means is that... ...something happened in Harsinai. But not what they claim. Over time, you know how stories happen... Over time, the Scottish hero, you know, he was, you know, he got the bagpipes, and then he got some ten lions involved. But you know, over time, the story involved, the legend involved. Maybe what happened originally was not what happened, what happened what well, we have uh, the story today. And this is a very, very simple one to also, um, to also uh, refute. Now, when, when you're dealing with memory, your memory is selective. So, think of it this way. If uh, somebody would come and tell me, hey, listen, you answered uh, 25 phone calls last night. Um, Let's say I answer, on an average, 25 phone calls, I would say, fine, I believe you, makes about sense, I I wouldn't argue. But let's say this person comes and says, hey, listen, yesterday you swam with the dolphins and let's say I know for a fact that yesterday I did not swim with the dolphins, probably because I was answering phone calls, but let's say I did not swim with the dolphins, can he sell to me that I swam with the dolphins? No, because I, you know, I know my own history, I know that it, he that it, that it didn't. The more unique event, the more it sticks out in your memory, the more that, that it's, it's uh, unlikely for somebody to say, hey, this is what happened. So now, let's think of how this scenario would happen over time. How could a scenario of 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 Harsina happen over time. So in fact, many, many critics when they tried to go, they tried to use this this claim, and all the answers are very vague. And when you're giving me vague responses and vague answers and, and unparalleled you know, historical facts to it, your crit your, your criticism is not a critic. It's it's nothing. So let's let's go stage one. Let's go stage one. And imagine there's a huge earthquake. Now everybody's an earthquake, thunder, lightning, whatever you want, you know, hurricane, earthquake, whatever it is. Um, and right away there is something going on over there. So there's the connection. Now, do you say right then and there that God transmitted the Ten Commandments? No, you can't. Because, like, we we were there, we saw the earthquake, it was, like, a crazy thing, you know, like, it sounded maybe like someone speaking from heaven, but you can't sell the Ten Commandments right away. I mean, Ten Commandments is, like, you know, things that you can understand. So you can't sell that right away. So, rather, it's a gradual transformation. So let's start with stage one of this story was an earthquake, some sort of natural disaster. Think of anything that you want. Hurricane, you know, uh, Thunder lightning uh, volcano pick your fancy stage number two do these people tell their children hey you know we were in this thing and God spoke to us you know through this volcano and he gave us the Ten Commandments that's also unlikely because you don't start changing the story so 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 you know so so much in the beginning you actually tell the story the way that it was the way that it works with broken telephone is that in the beginning, the first people get it right, right? You start for one, two, three, four, and you end off with ACDC somehow, right? So you go and, and you, you start off with, with, that, with that thing. In the beginning, it stays the same. So in the beginning, the parents that actually witness the thing don't tell the children anything else but actually what they witness. Stage 3, 100 years later. 100 years later, they start introducing, hey, you know, that was really the Ten Commandments. The reason why that's a problem is they're like, but we've been hearing a different story for the past 100 years that it wasn't the 100 Commandments. So how did it come? So, let's use an alternative stage three. And that is that there was a priest who says, you guys got the whole thing wrong. Really, what happened was, X, Y, and Z, God spoke to you and gave you the, te- the, 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 you know, the commandments. This is the best bet. This is the best bet that the critic will have. That a that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, priest came and changed it. The problem for that is, is that, think of it as a scenario. Imagine somebody comes to you and says, hey, listen, the Holocaust never happened. It was all a huge stage. And they give you evidence and evidence and evidence. Would you believe that? I wouldn't. I have family members that were there. I've seen the numbers. I've seen, you know, I have enough strong evidence to not believe that it was not there. Even as much evidence as you prove, it doesn't doesn't stand in it. So, if this priest would go and change something, we would want to see some, how would he be able to convince people like that? Very unlikely. Not only that, we would have some information on it. And be like, hey, listen, this is where things changed over. I'll tell you what happens. Once you change a story, there's different variations to the story. Once you change a story, even one detail, that's when it breaks out. This is why you have the New Testament over 100,000 different versions or different, whatever, 50,000, how many, whatever it is, thousands of thousands of different versions in it. Because once you change one thing, everything else gets changed also. So we would see different variations of the story of Sinai. but we don't. We have the same single unparalleled story on Har-Sinai. The Idea for this also is you see over here that it's impossible to change the story as uh, as it happened in history. Not only that, you have every Jewish person follows the Jewish religion. I'm talking about the Orthodox the same way. Now why? And how did that happen? You think about it. The Jewish people only started migrating to Israel about 150 years ago. Until then, beforehand, everybody was on their own. Everybody was in their own place. When we all came together, different customs, yes. Right? Some people like pluff, some people like spicy food, some people like other things. But, when we come together, laws are all the same. Shabbat is the same, Tefillin is the same, love and the talk is everything. everything is exactly the same. The Belit is the same for everybody, right? Different people, in different parts of the world, don't do it differently. Everything is exactly the same. When you come in over there, now how did that happen? How did that happen? You look at any other religion, Islam, Christianity, you look at Christianity, you know how different the religion is? You know some of them keep the Sabbath, 7th day Adventists, some of them don't. Some of them keep this, some of them them believe in J.C., some of them don't. You're talking about so many different variations on it, because when a story is not true, everything gets changed. Everything gets made up. But when a story is true, it stays. The story stays the same. The story stays exactly the same. Even if you have a story, for example, like the Twin Towers, right? The Twin Towers and how everything came down, you still have different conspiracy theories, inside job, and all this. But yet, in the history books, it's going to go down the same way that it went. Right? Because that's the way that it went down. Now again... I'm not opening up the, the 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 you know the box of conspiracy theories. I don't want to get into it. It's not uh, you know not for now. Um, but the way that it's going to be written in, his, in history, it's not going to be like one possible option was that we had I don't know 18 19 whatever terrorists went and hijacked planes and they brought down the twin towers. Another option was it was all an inside job. You know the government, the explosions and this. It, you know every, probably the Jews are going to get thrown in there somehow. You know like for money and the stocks and whatever it is, all came somehow manipulated to that. It's not going to go that way. It's going to go only in one direction and only in one way. The idea, the idea for this is, is that you see over here something very, very different than any other religion, any other cult. Not just a little bit. You're talking about a tremendous amount of differences. Number one, the eyewitnesses. Three million people eyewitness it. And not something that you could you know, forget from memory. Kept them etching again in holidays. In the Torah, numerous verses, we have to remember three times a day, in Shema, we do it again and again and again and again to show you how true and how you can make this stuff up. Number two, how, you know, if you're making it up, you don't sell a hard religion. Number three, look at how everybody does everything exactly the same. Again, customs, slightly different. Halachot are all exactly uh, the same. We don't see this ever before. Now... I want to I want to finish off with one final point. I, I know this was uh, the one I said one final a few times, but this is for real one final. Right, then we will open up to questions. And please, if it is unclear, please let me know on camera because I want to I want to have it very clear. It should be in my mind. It's so simple, so clear. So, but if I didn't say clear, I do want to clarify it. But before we get to the questions, I get this question often. Well. Why don't we see this more in documented history in other religions and cults, in other, in other nations? Right? Wouldn't that wouldn't you see me... and I'm not saying it doesn't exist. If you do if you do, do studying it, you'll do you will find it in our thing. But how come we don't see all the religions, all, all the not religions, I'm sorry, all the historical facts say the Jews got to the Torah and Harsina and all that information. So when you look at history and when you study history, especially ancient history, you have to look at how things were were documented. Let's look at eclipse eclipse for a second eclipses were known to be signs from gods like the sun was blocking and it was known to be like a crazy crazy sign yet you don't have and if you do a very small minority of people came kept record of the eclipses why such a big event that they claim that this is the gods doing something this is you're talking about the biggest event that you could possibly do the God is blocking out the Sun in broad daylight wouldn't you see more more documentation in it and the answer is no because they would only document things that would affect them. If it didn't affect me, what do I need to do with it? And in fact, we know when the Jewish people got the Torah, the, the non-Jewish people ran to Bilam. and says, "Hey, what's going on over here? What's with all the noise? What's with everything over we hear?" And Bilam said, "Oh no, the Jewish people are getting the Torah." he says, "Oh, it's not affecting us. Then it's okay. We don't have to deal with it." The way that people worked on their histories, and even nowadays, you document in your in your, especially when you're a dictatorship, you document only what's in your it's in your country. You don't start. You're not you're not working for histor- histories for other people. Not only that, and this is the most important part of it. You study ancient history, there are sometimes gaps of 200 years in history in, in this uh, I don't know, ancient China, ancient uh, Egyptian. What happened to 200 years over here? The answer is, is, what do you think they documented? All the wars that they lost? All the bad? They only document the good. This is a dictatorship that goes and wants to you know, you know, document their, their glory of their country. They're not going to write the laws. They're not, they're not liberal people looking to find the right cause and things like that. They're looking to promote one thing and one thing only, and that's their national identity, and that's their national heritage, and things like that. They're only going to document, and that's why you look at history. They don't write their loss of, of the wars. They write only their only the success. So why would any other nation write anything to do with the Jews? And you still, you still find, you know, there's still, we'll speak about archaeological evidence and when we get to that. You still find plenty of information on this, but the idea that you don't see it so obvious does not change anything when you look and you study ancient history. Any questions? Please, if it wasn't clear, anything that I said, it should be so clear and so obvious with 100% that you would be able to, willing to put your life down on the line. Don't. But, but you know, to say that there's no way that Harsinai was made up. Yeah. If the entire life- Judaism, religion, based on the fact of uh, Harsinite? No, not necessarily. Um, but, you know, we, the we, the way that we, the, one of the strongest reasons, and you go look at the Rambam, Maimonides, that we know that God spoke to us was because of Harsinite. Which means is, we have plenty of miracles. We have plenty of prophets. But the number one reason is because of that. But we still had other things. Example, we have prophecies. Came true. We have prophets that came true. We have miracles that happened. But the... A the holidays, all that, just because of, uh... Well, all the holidays is not only based on Har Sinai. We also have the Exodus. We also have the Sukkot. We have we have different the Midbar. We have different ideas on it. Also, it's not solely based on Har Sinai, but it's the Har Sinai was the transmission. This is the this is the foundation, if I could say. This is where where the foundation where the foundation lies. And also, were we considered Jewish before we got the Torah? Oh, so that's a good question. The question was: Is who are the first Jews? there is different opinions on how the Torah was really a, there was conversions going on and how it was like that a whole long ex, uh, you know, explanation in that the, the, we were Jewish by the Torah beforehand how do you want to claim it and how do you want to do it Hebrews and the Ivrim and this, because there was no Torah what were you you know it, so, we were, who were people who got the Torah because you just said like non-Jews Rush to see, right? The, like, what was happening? So, who are those people and who are these people? Like, the Jewish people were the Jewish people that came from Avraham, Yitzhak and Yaakov. They came from, you know, the, we were slaves in Egypt, and you know, those, you know. So, how did the country affect them? It was pretty easy because we were slaves, <laughs> so it wasn't difficult. They, us into they got oh, so that we got they got us into slavery through tricking us because we were a, we were multiplying and we were out in Egypt a lot and Paro, and the Egyptians were nervous. So based on your ancestors then. Yes, this was, yeah, this was based on the ancestors. You still had people that converted, non-Jews, you know, from Egypt, and they came to Harsinai also, the Arab They were non-Jews, which means that there were non-Hebrews also there. I guess that's a better translation. Non-Hebrews, non-people, not from Avraham Yitzhak and Yaakov, also in Harsinai. The people that came from Egypt and they converted with the Jewish people. They came and they wanted to join the Jewish people, and they were in part of the Jewish heritage and things like that. It wasn't solely just only for Avraham Yitzhak and Yaakov, only their people. People that wanted to join were welcome to join. They had to go to through government. They had to do these things. It wasn't. It wasn't a closed. It wasn't a VIP only, you know, event. People are, and it's the same thing today. People want to join. They're able to join. It's difficult, you know. we're doing slavery stuff <laughs> for like, yeah, for like years. You know, it, it happens to be but when you go. No. So we did. We yeah. So we did have. We did have things that came from Avraham talking to Akuv. What? Yeah, well, well, no, not all of them. No, many of them did not. We had to get circumcised, circumcised afterwards. Right. So then they got circumcised, which means is that many of them, were the, which means, which shows proof that many of them were not. Um, we did keep basic things, and we did try, you know, to keep those those ideas of what was brought down to us from Tak Yaakov, because we know Avamitzakay Yaakov also kept the laws in of, of the Torah. The Torah is not something that just came, you know, thirty-three hundred years ago. A new idea. You know, the world's not working right. The Torah was created before the world was created. It was just given them, but people kept the Torah even beforehand. People on a high enough level, prophets, for example, knew how to keep the Torah. The Torah. This is something also very, very important. And thank you for bringing this up. It's not something that was like, okay, I see the world's not working out. We're going to do the Torah now. It says in the Zohar, God looked into the cre- to the to the world and cre- and and I'm sorry. He looked into the Torah and he created the world, which means that the Torah came before the world. The Torah came before the world. There was a different ways and different uh, you know, things that had to be done until the Torah came in and, and was, was brought into a nation in itself, another whole class in itself. But it had to be this, this particular way. But it wasn't something that is a new innovation. It wasn't something that started just by, by then. It was something that existed at the beginning of time. How do we know that? Adam already had commandments. Adam already since the beginning he had six commandments, Noah had a seventh commandment, and so on and so forth. We know you know Avami Takin Yakov kept the kept the commandments, they kept the they kept many things. So it's just that when the transition transmission came as a national level, a national prophecy, that's when it happened on Harsinai. So the, not there's the the, Jew, the Hebrews, they got the Torah at Harsinai, and groups of everybody else that also got the Torah on Harsinai So when did all the other, other religions come? No, also got right. Yeah, there was other groups of non Jews that also got the Torah and Sinai. They became, they joined the Jewish nation. So, at what point did the, where did the other religions come from? Well, they came after this, usually. Well, some of them came after this, some of them were, were parallel to this, were idolatry. So, you still had many religions going on this time. You got ancient Egyptian religions where they worshiped the sun and they worshiped different ideas. It still existed, you know. During this and after this, Hinduism—you could still say—also technically existed. You know, it's polytheism. They had plenty of—you know—you had different religions that were ongoing at the same time. The world is a big place, right? You had many people practicing different religions. Um, It it wasn't something religion was not a new innovation over here. Religion always existed. (laughs) From Adam, Adam was—it was—it was was a religion. It was religion of one God, and then that led to idolatry, and you know—you know, uh, so on and so forth. Okay, any other questions? Yeah, why only one each? Not one at the whole. The world they were offered it. They refused it. Right. They say they refused it. The angels, the arch, uh, the archangels of, of each of each nation, they were offered the Torah. We have, we have it says that God offered them the Torah. They said no, it's too difficult because it's difficult. It's not, it's not easy, and they would say I would rather not do it. I would rather not do it, and they they decided to decline it, and we did anybody took. So those nations, So this is an excellent question. So what happens, let's say um, God comes, uh, the, you know, the, the, there's a transmission, let's say a whole nation. And they say, no, you're a, you want to accept the Torah. And they say, no, we don't want to. But let's say a few of them say, no, we do want to. So those, number one, have the ability to convert. And if they don't convert, there's also an interesting opinion that they are the ones that come in later, uh, you know, generations. And they're the ones that convert into Judaism. Which means is back then they wanted to accept it, but they didn't accept it, they end up coming in. So that's what you have. you have, you have many converts from all different times, and in time it's very possible that they are the souls that also wanted to uh, to convert, to go back in. Any other questions? If yeah. yeah, go ahead. Why, why offer, like, this at all? Like, why can't everybody just have, like... Don't kill, don't steal, don't murder, don't sleep. Oh, excellent question. Why does there have to be a religion? Uh, a Torah. Why is it only given to us, and why not to the whole world? Oh, excellent, excellent question. Very, very long question. Uh, I'll try to make it brief, but maybe I should answer it in length. So the question is like this. The question is, what's the purpose of it all? Why can't we have basic, civil, nice laws and rights, and just, just be good people, and just be awesome, and just like, you know... Well, okay. So let's say let's even avoid that whole mistake. Let's say what, what's the whole purpose, even before that. Um, no. So the the reason is is that if you look at this world as an end game, your question is an excellent question. If this world is all that the world is, then it's an excellent question. But if there's another world after this, olam there's a, there's a world to come. That means that this world is sort of just a preparatory stage for the next world. Which means is that the more Think about it like this on Shabbat, the more that you prepare before Shabbat, the more you have to eat or do whatever on Shabbat. The more that you prepare in this world, the more that you'll have in the next world. So, the more opportunity that you have to prepare in this world, the better off that you are in the next world. And again, listen to this comparable example. Let's say somebody has only $100 to prepare for Shabbat. So, they could compare only what they have, but let's say they have $10,000. Imagine the difference of the meals that they're going to have. Imagine they're going to use everything. They have to use all the money that they have. So if you have $100, you have $10,000, it's a very big difference in, in, in comparison of what you're able to prepare. Now, let's say that you have a week to go and prepare whatever you want to prepare on Shabbat. You're able to gather whatever it is that you're gathering, all the money that you want to. So the more resources that you have to gather, the more that you'll be able to gather. So what God did is God gave us many, many of the commandments, many of the things, so we're able to gather many, many resources, so when the, when the time comes, when the world to come, then we'll be able to go and be able to have a, you know, the the real purpose of the world. Okay, but I have a bunch of question to poke in that. Like, okay. First of all, well, why do that in the first place? Why can't we share that information with everybody so we all get to have the prism of Allah? We do share well, it. What if there isn't an haba or whatever? We're going to speak about that. We're going to speak about that in one of the classes. How do we know that there is a next world? <gasps> there's a lot of information. You want know, I me mean, everything at one foot? <laughs> okay. And then my other question was, also... oh, those are two No, no, it was a two okay. I'll tell you like this. I know that there's. A, that's why for Judaism, I'm going to go. It's a long. It's a long. It's going to be a long series of, the, of of dealing with them. If you have anything in particular, please do send me. Email me the questions if you want me to discuss. I have had people that's already send me a few things. I'm including them into the classes. Uh, because uh, because this is what people ask. So, on these ideas in it. By the end, with God's help, by the end, you're going to have such a strong understanding of this, that you'll be able to answer anybody that asks you any of these types of questions in any religion. That's my goal, by the way. At the end of, these, of this series of class, you'll be strong enough to be your own kira professional. You'll have the information to go and convince anybody out of any religion, proving that there is a God, everything. that is, that is the goal, with God's then you could ask, be like, because I get this all the time, I've never asked for this. I never asked for this test. People that, let's say, are depressed, people are, that are, in, are a hard problem. I never asked for this. I never asked to be here. So, number one, that's what you think. You really did, you really were asked to be here. You really, you really do want to be here. And that, I don't remember all of this. Yeah, like, it wouldn't be nice, right? Yeah. What about, what did you like to remember your previous, you know, yeah. you know, thing? No. You wouldn't. I would no. I'll tell you why. Imagine somebody knows all this information... And imagine somebody has a very very hard life ahead of them; they would give up. If they would know, if they well, <laughs> no, imagine somebody knows, and I'll tell you why it's a problem. Because just because it's written doesn't mean that this is how it's going to play out. You could change a decree. We're above the decree. So let me explain what I said. Very. Let me explain what I said in, in more in more depth. Let me explain what I said. In, in, you know, in because uh, this is a very important concept. I get this question often. Is um, I never asked for this. You know, I, and these are people, unfortunately, let's say suicidal, they, they, they don't want to be here anymore, they want to be, you know, they want to end all the pain. So, the answer for that, and, and you can't answer these people, but, like, in that way, but I'll tell you what the real truth is, is that before you come down to this world, you sign off on what your life is going to be like. Which means is, you know who you're going to marry, you know everything that's going to come, all the problems, because you know what the purpose of you being here is. There's a purpose. There's an ultimate. Now, if you want, we could go back into reincarnation, which answers a lot of questions. But let's avoid, that, that, let's avoid that, uh, that detail for now. You need to be here for a certain reason. Every single one of us needs to be here for a certain reason. Let's say you would know this reason. Now, if you would know this reason, let's say, for example, this person is destined never to get married and loves to get married and wants to get married so bad. And if he finds out or she finds out that they're never going to get married, it's going to destroy them. And they won't be able to live with it. And if they knew this information, they would end it. Now, you say, so what's the big deal? So if, if, they, if this is what they're destined, then, you know, this is, it, it, you're, it's a vicious cycle. And the answer is, just because it's written for you, it doesn't mean you can't change it. You can change anything. If you do tshuva, tfilah, utztaka, you could change anything. Even if you had a decree that you are supposed to live a very, very bad, 70 years was decreed for you, for bad, you could change that. Anything is changeable if you don't know that you had a bad decrease it's easier to do it it's easier to it's easier to overcome it yeah, I know you had you had some, some either questions comments tomatoes thrown okay nothing. <laughs> it's just on that I just read the conversation that there's three things that are predetermined that can't be changed your livelihood your, um, your offspring and whatnot even what even even that yeah I know what you're referring to even, even that It's what it means is it's very difficult to change it's not easy to change these things it's just, it's like it's, mm-hmm. it's not can't change it. For example, so every every year it's predetermined. How much money you're going to make? Oh, and how long you're going to Right, but no. With what? Let's say somebody goes and commits suicide. They were they were determined they were supposed to live longer. Suicide does not mean you were meant to die that day that time. Suicide means that you took your life earlier. Murder, you know. So so, predetermined is a very very hard hard word to use in Judaism. There are certain things that are very very strongly etched, and this is what it means by predetermined. But not means that you cannot be changed. It's not like permanent, like you're done, is it? anything can be changed anything anything can be changed even if you are decreed for anything anything is possible to, to be changed if supposed to be changed at a certain time can it still be like like you know how everyone always says um, this at the right time money at the right time can you make it earlier yes you can make it earlier yes you can but then it is the right time. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> it depends how it happens. You're asking a very vague question. I'm answering it very vague because it depends on what the, what the scenario is. So, there's no past, present, future with God. So whenever, you know. The right time means right scenario. If you make a right scenario earlier, it's possible. But I am... I don't want to give examples on this and I have to be very careful on how I say it because I know everyone here is thinking about marriage and everyone's thinking about... No, the, when you when you say predetermined. Predetermined. <laughs> predetermined. <laughs> right, predetermined uh, um, when you're thinking... Whatever it is, marriage, money, it doesn't matter. First of all, let's understand something like this. We can't know, understand God's cal- calculation. We don't know God's calculation. But one thing we do know is that we have the power to change. If we have a... For example, if something's predetermined to you, let's say you want to use that word, let's use predetermined if someone's predetermined to you, if you change who you are, you're not that person anymore if you're, when you do chuba, the Ramam says you're so much as a new person that you, should, you can even add a new name you're, so you're, if you're not you anymore, then you have a new predetermined state. You have a new I, new identity. You're a new person. You have a new identity and you have a new, a new a determined time. Things are constantly changing. It says that God is constantly making shiduchim. Constantly making, what does that mean? Constantly doing zibugim. Since, uh, you know, after creation, what is God busy with? Doing zibugim. What does that mean? It says everything, people are constantly changing. People are constantly moving around. So co- God is constantly mani- moving the entire world, manipulating it, because now this is changed. now this is changed. now this has to be done, now this has to be done, because everything is supervised to the last iota, to the last dot. So, to say that something is predetermined, it's predetermined until you change it, and now it's a different predetermination, because of that. Now, some things are very difficult to change. Some things are very easy to change. We don't know that. But, they, they able to change it. I, I need that, like, on my walls. Everybody needs that on the walls. Just, Should like be a bumper sticker. Live, love, laugh. That's what I. Need. Live, love, laugh. Yeah, yeah. It's something all these people like a love model, to have. Like. Live, love, laugh. Yeah, so I need that. I don't understand that. Live. I, mean, I have it's many like, questions I don't, I don't, on that. I, don't I don't think. It's all good. I need yeah. that. Like, I like laugh. I like the love, but what's live? Just okay, whatever. I'm not gonna ask about life. it. Live your life. Live yeah, it fully, not like oh fake living, like uh, really. really uh huh. Like oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> now it's up to you.
1: Now we understand <laughs> it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Any other questions? And okay. yeah. Okay. If we know if the Arab was there, like other nations were there, how come like after they witnessed it, didn't they like? And like we don't know who they were. Like, it doesn't say anything. So how come they didn't break away and be like, oh yeah? So we also had a thing like God who came to us, and they were witnesses, and they had a whole group of them that came, and they also knew the from it. So your question is, why don't, uh, why doesn't the Arab do a breakaway and make, say, we were there and we create a new religion yes, like this? Like, Excellent. Why didn't they? Because they couldn't. Because it's obvious and true. And they couldn't change something that's obvious and true. But people tend like reality all the time. Not when it's so obvious. You can't. You can try, but you can't. No one, No one would even want to try. What would be the point? If it's something, I'll explain like this. If something is so true and so obvious, then why would you want to change it? If you know that Tylenol takes away your your, your, your headache, and say there's no side effects in some magic Tylenol, right? No kidney, no no, no liver, no no problem with That let's say something. Why would you go and say, well, let me try something else. Maybe if I take something here, why would you change something that works 100%? Then how come they caused so many problems? There's no better. The instant, instant way. The I don't know why I'm saying Tyler. If they saw something and they saw everything, how come they were still going to... Ah, so, that, okay, so that's a whole different question. How do you understand the, the golden calf and how you do that? A completely different time frame. The, um, the golden calf, remember, that was not replacing God. That was no, replacing Moses. I'm not even thinking now. I'm just thinking of, like all the things like they have Korah and like like they helped the rebellion like so the question is why and how did people who witnessed so much do bad afterwards yeah like right after okay like a thousand years is one thing but like right after right so maybe we'll see if we're able to uh to speak about it to um to to explain that in depth um, by the way that sh- just shows more the validity than the other way around that like they got so scared like that no that if that what? like they got like off. why did we join like this is the No year. no no. It doesn't say that they regretted their decisions when they joined the nation. Um, but it's a whole topic in itself and how we understand the sins of that generation. It's a whole topic in a whole topic in itself. Um doesn't change anything. Cuz I'm not even speaking of the Speaking of the Arabs, like, Right right. What was the point of them coming? I'll, I'll explain let me let me make let me give you a simple answer cuz at least I'll give you a simple answer. Let's give, give some answer. There are certain people that are they love arguing. You know those people? Yeah. Many, many people. No matter what you say, I'll tell you like this. I gave, uh, uh, you know, I gave, I gave numerous classes over the holidays in, in a certain program, and and uh, I had one guy that the second he sat in the class, I knew that anybody. This guy is an arguer. Like no matter what I said, he started arguing on anything I said. I spoke about love, he started arguing what's love. I spoke about priceless, he started arguing what's priceless. You know, so he was arguing me on every single idea, and it. There are certain people that no matter what what is the idea, they're going to argue. It doesn't matter if it's true or if it's not, it's their, it's their inbred quality. There are certain people that they love blood. They love blood. No matter what happens, they're going to be attracted to blood. They're going to do, the, you know, with blood. These are things that they're attracted to, and they're going to fall into these in these things because this is part of their character. This is part of who. And even if they're not their character, they're so used to the same ideas, it's hard to change so so instantly. So they'll fall and lapse into the same ideas. And this is why. Also, you could say it happened in the in these types of c- scenarios. Any other questions? Any questions on is this clear? The, the, I mean, I'm getting nice again. They're great questions on on other ideas on on the Judaism, which is great. But is it clear? That Harsinai is impossible to be made up. Impossible. 100%. 100%. Does anybody have any, any doubt in this? Is it clear? Did it come out clear? Do you guys understand it? Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah. Okay, okay. Any other questions before we close it off? No questions. Chazak boch. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.